Good morning, happy Wednesday, February 3rd, and welcome to Every Day's a Holiday, a daily podcast calendar giving you a reason to celebrate every day of the year. Today's holiday is National Women Physicians Day. February 3rd, 2021 marks the 200th birthday of Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell, the first woman to obtain a medical degree in the United States. Dr. Blackwell championed the participation of women in the medical profession and ultimately opened her own medical college for women. In her early adult years, Blackwell worked as a music teacher in Asheville, North Carolina to save up the money she needed for medical school. In 1846, under the guidance and support of physician Samuel Henry Dixon, Blackwell began teaching at a boarding school in Charleston, North Carolina, and continued studying and fighting for her chance to study medicine. It was her greatest wish to be accepted into one of the medical schools in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In October 1847, she was instead accepted into the Geneva Medical College in upstate New York, graduating in 1849 and becoming the first woman to earn a medical degree in United States history. In 1864, Rebecca Lee Crumpler became the first African-American woman in the U.S. to earn a medical degree, and in 1872, Mary Putnam Jacobi created the Association for the Advancement of the Medical Education of Women to address inequities and education opportunities for women wanting to join the medical field. National Women Physicians Day is a holiday that celebrates all women in the medical field. So, if you have such a woman in your family, be sure to express your appreciation for her and all of the hours of hard work she had to go through to get to where she is now. And if you are a woman working in the medical field, congratulations on all you have accomplished and thank you for all that you do. Now, let's take a look back through the years to see what happened on this day in history. You better get ready, you guys, because today's episode is filled to the brim with United States historical knowledge nuggets. On this day, 82 years ago, Eric Holder was sworn in as the 82nd Attorney General of the United States and as the first African-American Attorney General in United States history. For Black History Month in February, I plan to pay particular attention to the achievements of people of African descent, and today is no exception. Eric Hampton Holder Jr. was born in the Bronx, New York City to parents with familial roots in Barbados. Hampton graduated from Stuyvesant High School in 1969, Columbia College with a degree in American History in 1973, and then from the Columbia Law School in 1976. Following law school, he left New York to work for the Public Integrity Section of the Department of Justice for 12 years, where he assisted in the prosecution of Congressman John Jenrett for bribery discovered in the Abscam Sting operation of the late 1970s. In 1988, Ronald Reagan appointed him as a judge of the Superior Court of the District of Columbia, and only five years later, he was appointed by President Bill Clinton as the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia, where he famously prosecuted Congressman Dan Rostenkowski for corruption charges related to his role in the Congressional Post Office scandal. All of this to say that Eric Holder was a very seasoned prosecutor when in December of 2008, President-elect Barack Obama announced that Holder would be his nominee for Attorney General of the United States. Obama praised his toughness and independence, and on February 3, 2009, Holder was officially confirmed by the Senate with a 75-21 to supermajority vote, becoming the nation's 82nd Attorney General and the first African-American Attorney General in U.S. history. 
The second African-American attorney general was Loretta Lynch, who began her term in office immediately following Eric Holder in April of 2015. Now it's time to commemorate the births and deaths of famous or infamous individuals in our next segment, Life and Legacy. Today, we celebrate the 52nd birthday of the late Bo Biden. Joseph Robinette Bo Biden III was born on February 3, 1969, in Wilmington, Delaware, to the current President of the United States, Joe Biden, and his first wife, Nelia Hunter Biden. I didn't know prior to this that in 1972, when Bo was just three years old, his mother and his 13-month-old sister died in a traffic accident while out Christmas shopping. Bo and his brother Hunter were also in the car at the time. They were injured but survived the crash. And while the two boys spent several months in the hospital, their father, Joe Biden, was sworn into the United States Senate in 1973. Bo Biden studied and graduated from the same high school, university, and law school as his father, Archmere Academy, University of Pennsylvania, and Syracuse University College of Law, respectively. After graduating from law school, he clerked for senior United States District Judge Stephen James McAuliffe of New Hampshire. From 1995 to 2004, Bo worked at the United States Department of Justice in Philadelphia, first as counsel to the Office of Policy Development, and later as a federal prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office. In 2003, Bo Biden began training for the Army National Guard and attained the rank of Major in the Judge Advocate General's Corps as part of the 261st Signal Brigade of Smyrna, Delaware. In October of 2008, Bo was deployed to Iraq, returning briefly to Washington, D.C. to witness his father's swearing-in as vice president in January 2009. After a year of service in Iraq, Bo was awarded the Bronze Star Medal and returned to Delaware to serve as the state's attorney general. Bo Biden was diagnosed with brain cancer in August of 2013. He fought for his physical and mental health for nearly two years before, unfortunately, he passed away of brain cancer on May 30, 2015, at the age of 46. The most recent news related to Bo Biden happened on Joe Biden's inauguration day, when a journalist with the news journal Delaware witnessed a lone, unidentified, uniformed man kneeling at Bo's grave in Delaware during President Biden's inaugural address. The journalist, Patricia Tolerico, commented that no one else was around on the cold, windy afternoon, except for a few people doing outside work at the cemetery. The person in uniform bowed their head and clasped their hands. She posted a photo to Twitter of the man, but did not pursue identifying him, saying, I drove away. Some things in life you just have to let be. So happy birthday to Bo Biden, and may you rest in peace. Today is also the 97th anniversary of the death of Woodrow Wilson, the 28th President of the United States, but this has already been a super beefy episode for American history, so if you really want to hear me talk about good old Woodrow, you'll just have to wait all year until his birthday on December 28th. Lastly, I normally find out what listeners like you are celebrating today in my final segment, Listener Celebrations, but today I haven't received any listener celebrations. I'm sure someone out there is doing something special or celebrating an anniversary of some kind today, so shout out to those mysterious folks, and I hope you guys have a great day. I'd like to again strongly encourage you all to shoot me a message at everydaysaholidaypod on Instagram and share your celebrations with me so we can all celebrate together, whether it be a birthday, an anniversary, or literally any special occasion, 
Big or small, it doesn't matter. I'd love to hear about it and share it with the universe. So thank you for joining me in today's celebrations. Special thanks to AJ Curtin for composing the music for Every Day's a Holiday. If you'd like to support the show, please rate and review Every Day's a Holiday on Apple or Google Podcasts, or just pass it along to a friend. And tune in tomorrow morning to see what there is to celebrate on February 4th. Enjoy today, and catch you tomorrow.